Thank you, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You better sit down. I ain't giving up the pulpit this morning. <laughs> I got something to say. <laughs> well, when uh, you... Tell you what, let me stop and pray. Father, I ask that you would um, use uh, the words of my mouth to uh, help us uh, to grow in the grace of prayer. Lord, just like uh, the disciples uh, asked you uh, 2,000 years ago, Lord, teach us to pray. So we, re- we renew that request. Teach us to pray as we consider uh, this, these four, four verses this morning from your holy word, we ask in your name, amen. You know, when you heard the passage a few moments ago, I'd assume that you said to yourself, well, this is the Lord's prayer, and you'd be right. But ha- has it ever occurred to you that the Lord Jesus himself never prayed this prayer? He taught his disciples to pray it, but we can know with absolute certainty, Jesus never prayed this prayer for himself. How do we know? Well, uh, in verse 4, Jesus uh, teaches us to ask God to forgive us our sins. Jesus never asked God for forgiveness because he never sinned. Uh, Our Lord Jesus never sinned in any of his actions. He never sinned in any of his thoughts. He never sinned in any of the desires of his heart. Jesus, for every moment of his existence from eternity past through eternity future, He has only loved God with all his heart, with all his mind, and with all his strength. He even loved those who mistreated him, and he loved them with a perfect love. So it would have been impossible then for Jesus to pray a prayer that asked for forgiveness. I guess we could call it the disciples' prayer, as he's giving them this model. But... Uh, As it has stood the test of time as the Lord's Prayer, uh, I won't be the one that changes it. It is the Lord's Prayer. We, on the other hand, unlike our Lord Jesus, we should include asking for forgiveness as a regular feature of our prayers because we are sinners. We have never, ever loved God perfectly with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. In fact, if we're honest about ourselves, we rarely love our neighbor as we love ourselves, much less those who mistreat us. Frankly, um, if we're honest, we will even be able to admit and confess that we often sin in our own efforts to pray. Um, When it comes to prayer, it is one of the most difficult things to do in the Christian life. I find it to be so in my own life, and I often hear it from others, 
that it is the most difficult discipline to maintain in their walk with, with, uh, with God. Even while I am maintaining um, my discipline to pray, I still struggle in prayer, mightily so. I'm often convicted what I, uh, by what I read from A.W. Pink uh, very early on in my own Christian life. In his book, Profiting from the Word, and he has like a three-page three uh, chapter on um, profiting from the Word and prayer. Uh, A.W. Pink says this. I've quoted it before over the years because it is something that just continually resonates in my own soul. Uh, A.W. Pink said, Will the reader be surprised when the writer declares it is his deepening conviction that probably the Lord's own people sin more in their efforts to pray than in connection with any other thing they engage in? What a statement. He continues, What hypocrisy there is where there should be reality. What presumptuous demandings where there should be submissiveness. What formality where there should be brokenness of heart. How little we really feel the sins we confess. Much less hate them, as Tim was just teaching us. By the way, a little mini-theology lesson each week from the children's catechism that that builds us all up in our our theology. I I very much appreciate that. So, uh, where was I? A.W. Pink says, How little we really feel the sins we confess and what little sense of deep need for the mercies we seek. And even where God grants a measure of deliverance from these awful sins, how much coldness of heart, how much unbelief, how much self-will and self-pleasing have we to bewail. Prayer is exceedingly difficult. Prayer is exhausting. It is hard to persist in prayer and it is easy to lose focus while you're praying. You may be thinking, I'm the only one that does this. No, you're not the only one. Because I can tell you, I do it too. And I have heard from so many others that prayer is a struggle. And I've read the Christian literature of the saints over the ages that say the exact same thing. It is their experience as well. And we need God's help in order to pray. Or we could say that we need God's help to ask Him for help. I point out the difficulties of praying, not to discourage you from praying, but rather to take heart, to encourage you as you pray. Because even in your sinful efforts to pray, you can take those sinful efforts to God and ask Him for help. If you're tempted to give up on prayer because it seems like Well, it would be so easy to talk to God, but yet it's so difficult. I want you to be encouraged. We all struggle in our prayers. Even the disciples who lived with Jesus for nearly three years, they struggled to pray. And it was their struggles to pray that led Jesus then to give this short lesson on prayer. So our passage opens up with Jesus praying. And when he had finished praying, one of his disciples, doesn't say which one, 
but one of his disciples approached him and requested that Jesus teach them to pray just as John the Baptist had taught his disciples. So Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of, the, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. We don't know how Jesus or how John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray, but we see here that Jesus is given a model to his own disciples um, that they were to follow. Now, on a side note, if you're noticing differences um, between Jesus' instructions in Luke chapter eleven and the way we normally pray the prayer on in our worship services each week. Um, there are differences. Um, Several things are missing. You say, well, then why are there differences between how we pray the Lord's Prayer on Sunday mornings and uh, all these missing elements in the Lord's Prayer here in Luke chapter 11? Well, in our worship service, we use the Lord's Prayer that uh, Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus was an itinerating preacher. He traveled around from place to place. And as he was traveling around, he was often preaching the same things from town to town. So, uh, And in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he mentions prayer actually uh, as a warning for the dangers of thinking that you'll be heard by God simply because you repeat the same things over and over. He's saying, don't think you're going to make yourself um, more heard by God because of your repetition. And then he gave them this little uh, uh, model for prayer, which includes everything here in Matthew 11, but also expanded a couple of areas And those areas that he expanded that are not here in in Luke 11 are not in any way inconsistent with what he said in Matthew chapter 6. Rather, uh, I think what's happening is um, the disciples had heard him give this model for prayer uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, maybe in other places, and so he abbreviated uh, this model in giving it to them. Uh, but it's essentially the, the same model in Matthew chapter 6, Luke chapter 11. You know, when I'm teaching on something that I've taught before, uh, there will always be some things that I say one time that I don't say the other time, depending on the context, depending on the audience, depending on whether I have taught on it uh, previously. So uh, we shouldn't... Uh, be concerned that that there are little differences between the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 or in Luke chapter 11. In fact, I, I think that God included the Lord's Prayer in two different forms in order to teach us a lesson. The differences in the Lord's Prayer teach us that the Lord's Prayer is not a rigid prayer that we must repeat verbatim. Rather, it's a model. It's it's a basic outline for how to pray. Now you're probably thinking, if it's not this rigid prayer that we must repeat uh, verbatim, 
then why do we repeat the Lord's Prayer every week or most every week uh, in the worship service? Actually, we don't repeat the Lord's Prayer or pray the Lord's Prayer in every worship service. You may have noticed that we did not pray it this morning. The uh, normal cycle is that on days that we uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper, we don't um, use the Lord's Prayer. It's not because uh, we're trying to save time. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively short prayer. But rather, um, I want us to uh, remember that the Lord's Prayer is only a model. We are not missing out in prayer or missing out in worship if we don't have the Lord's Prayer every week. Um, sorry, I'd gotten away from my notes, trying to figure out where I'm at. Um, ah, the Lord's Prayer is a model to help us pray, not only on Sunday in the worship service, but also in our private prayers. I plan to preach next Sunday on the five petitions in the Lord's Prayer. So this is going to be a two-part sermon on verses 1 through 4. Uh, but today I will say that the five petitions um, that Jesus outlines in the Lord's Prayer should help us order and prioritize our own prayers and uh, should help us to press forward through prayer even if we feel like we are struggling in our prayer life. You know, if you don't know what to pray, and if you have tried to pray and you feel like you're not really making a lot of sense or you feel like you don't know exactly what God wants you to, to pray, well, you do know what God wants you to pray. You have a basic model that gives you five petitions. And it helps prioritize because the first two petitions are God-centered um, and then the, the uh, last three petitions are regarding our own needs. So, like I said, we'll say a lot more about that next week, but I want to give you an extended illustration of what I mean and how the Lord's Prayer can help you in your own private prayers. When I was in seminary, I had three jobs because we were so committed to Mandy staying home with our children when they were small. Uh, you know, the, the master plan was I would go to seminary and Mandy would be a school teacher and work and, and, and put us through seminary. And we got up to Philadelphia. Uh, one week after we got there, Mandy's crying all the time and I'm like, Mandy, the umbilical cord is cut. I know you love your mom and dad. I know you miss them. But it is time to move forward. Well, uh, I'm sure she loved her mother. But uh, it was her hormones. She, she was pregnant. And so uh, we found that out. And we were very committed to her then staying home with um, Rachel. And then once we had Rachel, why not have another? Uh, she's staying home anyway. And so we had Rachel and Molly while we were in seminary. Well, I was working three jobs then and going to school full-time, determined to finish Westminster in three years. So, um, you know, you only have one chance to raise a child. So we, so I worked at UPS for 20 hours a week. I worked at a, as the college director in a church um, for less than 10 hours a week. 
And then on weekends, I might pick up a shift working as a security guard. And with um, going to school full-time, working these three part-time jobs, plus being a husband and a father, you know, Mandy wanted some of my attention. Um, And, you know, my spiritual life began to suffer, especially my prayer life. And I thought, I'm a little bit too busy to pray. Um, I don't know if if I actually was bold enough to say that, but prayer became not as necessary as it needed to be in my own life. Uh, And I let my Greek and Hebrew translations uh, for class substitute as my Bible reading. Big mistake. My soul was so spiritually dry that I began to wonder if I was a Christian at all. And finally, um, as I tried to regain my spiritual vigor and vitality... My prayer seemed so weak and pitiful that I began to think that God wasn't listening to me, that he had closed his ears, and uh, I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to to have him listen to me um, again. So I worked as a security guard uh, some Saturdays whenever I could pick up the shift, and where I worked was a factory where they made classified equipment to go on submarines. And on the weekends, nobody was there but me. And each hour, I would make rounds around the, uh, around the factory, and they had a little punch card, and I would take and punch the, the punch card at each station um, and to, to, let, to let the people in the factory know that the security guard had been there and just it wasn't napping. You know, so um, usually what I would do is study while I was there working as a security guard, getting paid, you know, $5.50 an hour to study. And um, for eight hours, I was all by myself, just me and God. And I decided I was going to use all eight hours to try and draw close to God. And see if God would, would draw close to me. That's, that's how badly I was struggling at the time. And so I committed, I'm going to spend eight hours in prayer. Well, how in the world are you going to spend eight hours in prayer? So I came up with a plan. I was going to organize my prayers um, around the Lord's Prayer. Because I had tried to pray, you know, and without any kind of organization... You know, I felt like my, my praying was pitiful, that my prayers were self-centered. So I used the Lord's Prayer to organize, as an organizing model for my prayers. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples to do. Makes sense. Uh, he says in verse 2, after they asked him to teach them to pray, he said, he said to them, And when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and we could go on. So I began that first hour by approaching God as my Father. Um, Not just as the Heavenly Father, but my Father. And I spoke to Him as His child, uh, His dearly loved child. I prayed with my Bible open, um, and I looked up verses that talked about how God cares uh, for us, as our Father, 
how he adopted us as his dearly loved children, how God is more faithfully committed to us as our own earthly father. I spent the whole hour until my next round around the, uh, around the factory. Uh, I spent that next hour worshiping and thanking God that he was my father. I marveled at the privilege that God had given me, a sinner to be his child that He sent His own beloved Son to that awful cross in order that He might redeem me, that He might wash all my sins away by the precious blood of His own Son in order that He might adopt me as His own. Um, By the end of that hour, I was so energized uh, so spiritually excited that I felt, I felt like God had, had drawn so close to me in that hour. But really what, in, what had happened was in meditating on the fact that God was my Father. Just that one, that first word in the Lord's Prayer, Father. Or as Jesus probably taught it to His uh, disciples in the Aramaic, Abba. Just that one word um, caused me to draw close to God in repentance, in renewed faith, just by considering that God was my Father. The God of gods, the God of heaven and earth is my Father, and He loves me. So then after I finished that, making that uh, round in the factory, I moved on to the first petition in the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name, or hallowed be your name. And I worshiped God for who he is. I read and prayed through several of the Hallel Psalms and began uh, begging God to help me make his name holy uh, as it is in my own life. And just for... What is a Hillel psalm? Uh, Hillel is Hebrew for praise God. And there are a number of psalms, um, Psalm 145 through 150 or thereabouts. It begins the prayer, or the psalm with praise the Lord, ends the prayer with praise the Lord, or literally in the Hebrew, Hillel. Psalm 113 is one of those Hillel psalms. So that's the way we seminarians talk when we're in seminary. I don't think I've said Hillel uh, Psalm since I graduated. But um, so that's, that's what I did as I read through some of those uh, Psalms. And uh, as I did, um, I can s- distinctly remember the sensation that my life and my circumstances began to shrink. Because God was becoming so great in my estimation as I'm... Uh, working through these psalms and praising God for all of His attributes, His character traits that I'm seeing in the psalms. And uh, I've said many times since, you know, when you, when you have a big view of God, your life begins to shrink and fit into His hands easily. And so I use this petition, Hallowed be your name to be the subject of my prayers for the next hour until I, again, made my next round. And so I moved from petition to petition uh, during that eight-hour shift. And it was a pivotal day in my spiritual growth. 
Jesus is teaching us a model for our prayers in response to his disciples' request. I'm not suggesting that you take an hour to pray through each petition of the Lord's Prayer. But I do think you should use the Lord's Prayer as an organizing model, especially if you're struggling in your prayer life. Jesus has given us this prayer as a model to help us grow in our prayers. Use the model that our Lord Jesus gave us. I want to conclude with one specific application. Don't just mouth the Lord's Prayer whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer on Sunday morning. Don't let yourself become so familiar with it that you miss um, how Jesus is teaching you to pray. Don't become so dull to the wisdom and order of the Lord's Prayer just because we say it together um, week by week. As we pray together as a congregation and say the Lord's Prayer, think of ways that you want God's glory to be magnified in your life or in the life of your family. Think of ways that you desire for God to push forward His kingdom in your life. Think of your daily needs, your sins that you need to bring to God and and ask for forgiveness. Or think of the temptations that you struggle with day by day. And ask Him to lead you not into those temptations, but to lead you away from them. Bring them through the throne of grace, even as we are praying the Lord's Prayer together as a congregation. Um, And another important reason, I think, to keep the Lord's Prayer as a regular feature in the worship service is our small children learn the Lord's Prayer. They learn this model from a young age, effortlessly, without even knowing they are that they are memorizing. In fact, I love hearing some of the children sometimes above the rest of the congregation praying the Lord's Prayer. Your Savior loves you so much that He died for you on the cross. He did not die for us to, to then give us an impossibly difficult way to approach Him uh, in prayer. Sometimes that's the way prayer feels. like It's, it's so impossibly difficult. God doesn't want it to be difficult, but He does want you to ask, to seek, and to knock. To to not mindlessly um, mouth your prayers without them affecting your heart. Oh, there's a quote that just went through my mind. God hears no more than than the heart speaks. And if the heart be dumb, God will certainly be deaf. Take a chance whenever I start quoting something that's not in my notes. But, uh, you know, God wants us to, to approach Him diligently. And Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer as a very practical way to help you in your prayers. Make use of the Lord's Prayer in your prayer life. As we pray together... And I want to uh, pray the intercessory prayer uh, using the Lord's Prayer, but I'm only going to um, pray through the first three petitions. Um, Let's go to the Lord. Our Father, we do thank you that you are our Father. You are sovereignly controlling the universe, but your eye is never off of us. 
Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You, our Father, are our refuge and strength, our ever-present help and trouble. And what a privilege it is then to be your children. You gave your own beloved Son to that awful cross so that our sins might be washed away by His blood. All for the purpose that we might be made acceptable to you, that we might be reconciled to you, that we might be adopted as your own dear children. Father, we give ourselves to you today. Be glorified in us. Sanctify us in our actions, in our thoughts, and in our desires, that we might more visibly reflect the character and glory of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, we live in troubling times. Rioting took place in several of the cities in our nation last night. Two officers were stalked and ambushed in Los Angeles yesterday. And their, their uh, lives are hanging in the balance, but their lives are in your hands. And we ask that you would be merciful to them and uh, bring them through. Lord, we, our nation is divided, and the gulf between people continues to grow day by day. Lord, we need the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would conquer many hearts by the gospel. I pray, pray that you would cause your kingdom to grow in our nation and in our community. And Lord, even as we lift this prayer to you, we say, Here we are. Send us. Use us for your kingdom purposes. And Lord, even as we ask you to send us and use us, we acknowledge that we are weak and needy. We look to you for our daily needs and our spiritual empowerment, whether it be our daily bread or our physical healing or... Uh, maybe a, a raise at work that we, we badly need, or whatever um, other needs that we have. We look to you as our ultimate provider. We give you thanks for Susan Francensini and the quick recovery that she is making. Lord, she has, her recovery has exceeded the expectations of the doctors, uh, even to the point that um, the physical therapy people said that they don't think that she needs physical therapy. And, and my, uh, my, my jaw hits the floor because I've never heard of that. But she sounded so strong on the, on the phone and we just give you thanks for providing for her such a quick recovery. Lord, Continue to be with her and and give her strength daily. Lord, we also pray that you be with Betty Martin's family as uh, the memorial service is going to be held this uh, Friday afternoon. Lord, um, it's been difficult during these days of the COVID virus uh, not to come and and proceed through the, the typical... Uh, grieving process that we are used to. Uh, it seems odd. Uh, one of Selena's sisters was telling me that uh, it's been so long um, between 
when Betty passed into your presence, into eternal glory and, and ever and, and eternal blessedness. And now, months later, we are only getting to, um, to grieve her in this morning and this memorial service. And so I pray for Selena. I pray for her sisters and her brother. Fill them with your spirit. Be with all who loved Betty and help us, Lord, to worship you and be encouraged by the fellowship of the saints and the, um, the promises of your word. Lord, we also have many in our congregation. Uh, I think of some of Betty's best friends who were not allowed to come out of the, the nursing home or out of um, their homes to come and, um, and be with with um, with Betty's family and, and show their love and support. Lord, these are difficult times. I ask that you would provide uh, not only our daily bread, but Lord, uh, provide your spirit uh, to go with us and walk with us. And those who are not able to phys- be here physically present with us, especially Provide them your comfort and your care. Lord, we ask all these things. Asking that you help us to learn to pray as you have taught us. Amen.